The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Crawl Call, inventor and TV host Jonah White is here to talk about the why didn't I think of that idea that helped him launch a multi-million dollar empire. And he'll talk about his hosting gig on the Discovery Channel's Billy Bob's Gags to Riches. Then, on the eve of her first plane flight ever, my mom is here to talk about what's going through her mind, and we'll be joined by friend of the show Richard Sims for a last-minute what to do during our trip to Walt Disney World. That's coming up today on Curl Call. Everybody, welcome to our February 27th, 2015 episode of the show. It is our last show of February, two months down, 10 to go. Not really, because that means it'll be cold again. And I don't know where you guys are listening, but here in the Northeast, it's been awfully cold. It's been like the fifth most cold February in the history of life, uh, going back to the Ice Age. So we're not looking forward to the cold again, but... Uh, and it would also, as uh, I should note, this is also the last show that I'll be whatever age it is that I am. We will leave that up for you to decide exactly how old I am. But next week is my birthday, so we have a special show. I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But also, a month from today, we're going to be broadcasting a special two our special to mark my 20th anniversary in the business. This was not my idea. Frankly, an hour of me per week is sometimes too much for most people to handle. So this isn't anything that I came up with. I'm just showing up to fulfill my contract. But there are going to be, I guess, lots of special guests. There are going to be lots of surprises. I'm not sure what it's going to be. They're keeping all the details from me, as they do every year. But that'll be Friday, March 27th. You're going to want to make sure that you tune in for that. Just if for no other reason than because it's going to make me uncomfortable and, and miserable. But what I can tell you, though, is what we've got for next week. As it will be my whatever O birthday, I am going to be away. We have a show that we pre-recorded that is amazing. I've got to tell you, it's really one of my favorites. From the first national tour of Motown the Musical, Patrice Covington and Jameson Scott will be joining me. For another one of our music countdown shows, we'll be playing some of our favorite Motown songs. And as you might expect, you'll be hearing from Stevie Wonder, Diana Ross, and some other favorites. Patrice Jamison and I will each be picking our favorite Motown songs, one by a male artist, one by a female artist, one by a group. So nine great songs in one special hour. Tune in next week. That's Friday, March 6th, right here on Crawl Call, crawlcall.com for more information. Now, coming up in a little bit, my mom is going to be here. She's actually here right now. She's just really quiet. We have her tucked away over in the corner. We're going to be talking about our trip. We're going to Disney World. We didn't win anything, but that won't stop us from going to Disney World. And we're going to be joined by Richard Sims for a little Disney talk. He's got all the insider information that he says is the best damn Disney advice you'll ever get. That's a lot to 
promise. I can't wait to see how he delivers on that. And we're going to be dishing some daytime drama dirt. That's right, a little soap chat. But up first, he's the man who brought us Billy Bob Teeth. Jonah White will be here when we come back from a really short break. Stay tuned because Kroll Call will be right back. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com My first guest this week is an inventor, an entrepreneur, an author, and parent from what I understand is something like 200 furry, fuzzy, and feathered friends. He is, he's got something that we're going to talk about that you probably have seen. You may not know who's the man behind it well. His name is Jonah White. And, you know, Jonah, welcome, first of all. Welcome to Kroll Call. Hey, thank you, Dan. Did you ever imagine, we're going to get into the whole story of this, but as sort of a, a reflection, did you ever imagine that your life would turn out the way that it has? Oh, you know, Dan, I don't think anybody really does. You know, I, I knew that I would be happy. And I knew that I would live in the woods. I knew I'd be surrounded with animals. And I knew I'd have a nice big family. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm blessed that I have healthy children and, um, you know, and that I'm healthy. As far as, you know, how much, how many zeros are in the bank account or how many acres I have, you know, that to me isn't like the defining thing of what I am. But I'm very happy with where I am. And you know, I've made lots of good choices. I've made some bad ones. And that's part of that's part of being successful is, is picking yourself up from those little disasters that we're all going to have, and know that you know as bad as this episode of your life or your business or whatever seems, this really isn't what's going to define you. It's how you react to it. You know. What do you say to folks out there who are listening and say, "Well, you know, that's really well and good, but I'm." in the middle of some really deep do at the moment. And it's always easy for people to say, oh, you know, you'll, you'll get out of it, you'll come out of it. But in the moment, that doesn't really seem like a possibility. Well, you, you, you struck a little chord in my heart a little earlier when you're talking about how bad the weather was and it, was, it seemed like the ice age outside to you. And when I graduated college, I had no idea where I was going to go in life and where life was going to take me. And I actually went, in 1994, and I lived in a cave for almost an entire year. And, you know, as you can imagine, and people, most people I tell the story to think it's fiction, and I assure you it's not. But when you're in a cave and, and you're, you're living like your ancestors have for a very, very long time, everything is so simple. And, and the complicated things about life, they're just not there. And we human beings, as we've gotten smarter and more evolved and more billions of us on this planet, we tend to screw things up and overcomplicate things. And it's just, it's in our nature too. And uh, you can take something incredible and you can just, people just tend to really completely screw things up. But by the same token, Dan, we ha- we're so resilient. We're the most resilient thing that's ever walked on this planet. And we have a, we have a, a knack and a way of turning things around. And 
the reality is my coach in college, I uh, played football at Missouri State University, and one of my first mentors that I had was my college coach. And he he gave incredibly great, simple advice to us. And he, he said, you, you know, right now in your life, things aren't as good as they seem or as bad as they seem. Somewhere in the middle is where your reality falls. And that's so true. People get caught up in, and they get the microscope out, and they look at what's going on right now this very second, this very minute, maybe this maybe this very day. And this is just one day in your life. You know, how can you define your life or be so whatever? And, yeah, you know, I mean, I've had lots of money invested in the stock market, and I've had days when I've lost $100,000 in the stock market, you know, and, you know, yeah, we've all been hit in the abdomen before, but that doesn't define us, you know. You shouldn't take risks that you that you can't afford to take, you know, and that's just general good news, and I know some of us have, and that's a mistake that you shouldn't do. But if you if you don't do that, if you don't take risks that you, you can't afford to lose, you can recover from anything. You really seriously can. Well, it's interesting because we're going to talk about your big invention, the one that really opened the door, Billy Bob Teeth. Now, I want to get to that. You said not making, uh, you know, taking those chances, but that is something that you did. You invested your life savings at the time, which was, uh, I think, about $400 into (laughs) something. And, I mean, you just sort of went against the advice that you're giving. (laughs) I know. You know, Dan, I like this because you you have researched me and you have done your homework on me and you know me better than most people have and that's awesome. But, you know, the, the reality is, you know, I inv- I sold my, my handgun that I had, which was the only thing I really had that was, was worth anything, for $400, and I didn't have a car. And I and I went and took it to a lawyer, and I formed the Billy Bob Teeth Corporation with my best friend, who, who was actually the one who invented the Billy Bob Teeth. He was a sophomore in dental school, and he was probably a C-minus-minus-minus dental student. And, you know, it's one of those things where... When you have nothing to lose, you can only go up. You know, you, you, you know, so many people have said to me over the years, and it's crazy. Did you ever think you weren't going to make it? Did you ever think that you were, you'd fail? Well, I mean, when you start your business with 400 bucks, how can you fail? You know what I'm saying? You're, I mean, I'm living on my, my mom and dad's couch. You know, I lived in a cave the year before. I don't even have a car. Now, if I had done, you know, I was a biology major in college, if I had done like, you know, like you're taught in college, you go get a bunch of investors, you raise about 1.6 million capital, you know, you get your budgets, you know, you get your boards, and you, you have all that you're set up your advertising campaign. If I had done it like you're supposed to, I for sure would have failed, I'm sure. But when you do things that everybody else does, you end up where they end up. And if that's what you want, then fair enough. Do like everyone else. If you want to be different, if you want more out of life or something different out of life, not even more, but just something that is more what you want, you can't do what everybody else does. And you you can't necessarily follow the guidelines that they do. You know, guidelines are great, but they're just guidelines. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, a lot of people, when they do find success, um, you know, we hear it with Powerball winners. We hear it with, uh, you know, Nouveau Riche. A lot of people, they get their money and they completely change everything about them from the clothes yep. that they wear to the food that they eat to the people that they know. Yep. And you still live pretty much right around where you grew yep, up. For sure. 
I, I literally, I live over the hill from the cave that I used to live in. I mean, literally, like right over the hill. And you are right, you know, but you have to know, you have to understand that a lot of people are just very simple creatures that just, they want to replicate, they want to do the same thing, they want the same thing out of the life that they've always had, and they always will have it, because they don't change anything, they do everything the same. If they smoke yesterday, they're going to smoke today, and they're going to smoke tomorrow. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's bad, that's good, it's just not for me, and it's not for a lot of people, but they get stuck in that because they see everybody else do it. And, you know, as, a, as a, an organism, you know, we want to do what everybody else does, and you know, you know, I'm just so different. I've always been different. You know, my parents, you know, my parents were very different. You know, my, my, my parents met protesting the first intercontinental missile base in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And they got thrown in jail and they, they met in jail, actually. And I was a byproduct of that. And, you know, my dad grew up, you know, a Native American on an Indian reservation. And my mom was, you know, I guess you could say a hippie. And, you know, I grew up in a, you know, traveling around in a peace mobile that, you know, never had a full tank of gas in it and, you know, uh, bouncing from one Indian reservation to another. And, you know, it's just, it's different. So it's, it really, you know, what I say to people is, is, you know, follow your dreams. I mean, be smart about it, but plan and think about what you want out of life. Don't think about, you know, don't think about what this job can do for you in five years when you're already in this job. You should have thought about that before you even applied for this job. You should have thought about that before you even went to college or at least had a plan A and a plan B and maybe even a plan C. But people wait to the end and then when when they wait to the end, you have to do everything so perfectly to pull out, to pull it off. And you put all that pressure and that stress on you to have to, you know, pull this fourth quarter comeback because you spent three quarters of your life not planning for where you wanted to be in the fourth quarter. And then you're behind. Well, yeah, that's the way life is. You know, it's not easy or everyone would do it. And, um, you know, it's like your radio show. You have to be different. To be better, you have to be different. Or you're like everybody else. The thing that I've, I've taken so far from this discussion, and there's more of it uh, that will sort of prove my point on this, parents met being in jail you wanted to, you know, you played football, thought maybe you could do NFL, you know, pursue biology. That didn't happen. Um, now people are hearing, you know, you, you have an amazing invention that is, has pretty much changed your life. You're married with kids. So that sounds idyllic. But your wife, was it love at first sight when you met her? Yeah, <clears throat> completely love at first sight. I will, I will admit that I was, I was actively wife shopping when I met her. I, I went to okay. Australia. I decided that my wife would be Australian. And I went to Australia uh, over a four-month period of time in 1996 and um, before my business would, would really heat up and I would be completely enveloped in it. And I knew that I needed to find my wife in this four-month window and I knew that she should come from Australia. And so I put 110% effort into that. But when I met her... I had profiled what my wife was going to be like to the fifth power. I mean, uh, you know, we didn't have those detective shows, you know, back in 1996, but I can tell you I had done my homework. I knew, I knew 
so much about her. I knew her mom would be her best friend. I knew that she would be organized. I knew that she would be very good with money. I knew that she would be very responsible. I knew that she would be very shy. I knew that she probably would have lived in the outback for quite a period of time, but probably now, at this point in her life, has moved into a, a de- more developed area. And I knew that she would take her shoes off and walk barefooted in the sand every chance she would get. And, you know, I, I, I knew what this person's prototype would be, and I just had to find this person. And I knew that I would mesh so well with what I am. I mean, I'm, I'm a modern-day Neanderthal is what I am. And I knew that this person would mesh so well with me. So it kind of, it was love at first sight when I met her, but it had to be because of what she was. And had I, you know, met someone else that didn't fit the prototype that was kind of made for me, then I don't think it would have been. But, you know, you know, I mean, she would be athletic. She'd be competitive. At the time I met her, she was ranked number three in, in squash, which is Australian racquetball, basically. She right now competitively, um, she's almost 40 years old. She's she's going to compete in her first Ironman, right? Um, wow. I would say she's uh, almost an elite marathon runner. She runs almost, she runs just over three-hour marathons. And she just keeps raising the bar. She's that competitive. You know, we're, we're right now, we're, I'm actually calling you from a, from a hotel in Bloomington, Illinois. Our oldest daughter is in the state championship in basketball. And wow. they just won their uh, their semifinal game, and now they're playing in the uh, the finals tomorrow morning. Well, we'll be rooting for them. So, yeah. let's talk about the other kids, though, for a minute, because there aren't just four. There's two hundred yeah. some furry, feathered, yeah. all kinds of stuff, including now. You know, I'm willing to talk about anything here, Jonah. But yeah. you have a black bear. That's named yes. Nibbles. I'm a little concerned about the name Nibbles. How did? Do I want to know how it got that name? You know, you know, you, you, my, my USDA inspector said the same, very same thing. <laughs> you know, I don't know that this is a, a very good name for this animal. Um, I I have always wanted a bear. Uh, my name my name is Jonah J O N A H. I guess that would be my my European name, but my my Cherokee name was Yona. With, with a Y, but it's pronounced with a J. And Yona in Cherokee means bear. So I've always grown up being a bear. And my, my father took me to an elder when I was a very small baby. And they felt that I had been a reincarnated bear. They believed in reincarnation. So that's how I got the name. And um, I personally feel that I was a coyote, but that's another story. Anyhow... So I've always wanted a bear, and when the opportunity arose to rescue one, um, I jumped on the opportunity about three years ago, and right now she weighs about 350 pounds, and she just came out of hibernation. I just posted some videos of me and her uh, kind of bonding after she came out of hibernation on my Facebook page um, a couple days ago, but she's a beautiful, beautiful animal, and I actually, um, it got a lot of attention, but we rescued a timber wolf about uh, a month ago. Uh, we got him just about four hours before he was to be put to sleep. Oh, wow. How does yeah. one adopt a timber wolf? I mean, it's, you know, a lot of people don't want to go to their local shelter and adopt cats, dogs, right. bunnies. How did, yeah, how did timber, this happen? A timber wolf is something not of a lot of demand on timber wolves. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I believe 
I, I believe in, I don't believe, Dan, I don't believe in karma. Um, I know probably a lot of your listeners do, and you might, but I don't. I don't believe life is fair, and I don't believe in karma. I do believe if you surround yourself with good people, good things happen. But that's not karma. That's your choice. You've, you've chosen to surround yourself with those very good, loyal people. And um, one of the people in my circle that I, that, of friends that I have that, that is indeed real friends, um, they called me about a month ago and uh, said, you know, what USDA permit do you have? I said, well, I have a large carnivore-rated permit. And they said, um, very good. And typically when one of my friends asks me something like this, there's like another line coming <laughs> after that. They said, do you want a timber wolf? I said, I don't know. And they said, well, a shelter, a friend of mine runs an animal shelter in Jacksonville, Illinois, called PAWS, P-A-W-S. They have a timber wolf, and they need to place this timber wolf with a family tonight. I said, what do you mean? And they said, she'll call you. I said, okay. So she calls me, but I was in a meeting with another person in my business. And right now I'm being pulled in 100 different directions. I've, I've had 8,000 people contact me since my reality show started about inventions. And so I told my assistant that when this person calls me with this timber wolf, that I'd like them to send some pictures of it so I can see for myself what this wolf looks like. Video would be better, but pictures will work. So they did. And so I saw this, and I called this lady back, and I said, okay, um, her, name's, her name's Lisa Jackson. I said, Lisa, what, what's the story with this wolf? She says, well, he was raised with dogs his whole life, and he's a beautiful timber wolf, and he's seven years old. He's a male. And the owner who raised him moved away. And the wolf was given to someone else, a neighbor or somebody else, and they were not able to take care of him. And he ran wild and kind of fended for himself. And he was caught in a chicken coop. He'd eaten all of the neighbor's chickens. And the dog catchers caught him. And they brought him to my facility. And I have to place him in a home that has the same permit that you possess. And I have till night, till midnight to place him or else I have to put him to sleep. And... And legally, we, that facility couldn't even keep him uh, for more than a day because they didn't have the certification that I did, the shelter did. And so I said to Lisa, um, who's now a friend of mine, um, well, and that's like the best sales pitch I've heard in a very long time, but <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to go to the War Department, my wife, and get these sort of things okayed. You know, I can't just sign off on them, but I'm going to do my best sales pitch just like you did on me. So I went home. And we were actually um, due to fly to Los Angeles that, that night, in about three hours later. And when I agreed to take this wolf, it was about 9 o'clock. And they, had to, they were going to have to put him to sleep at midnight if they didn't place him with me. And he is the nicest animal I have ever, ever seen. It's always interesting to hear how things line up. I mean, you talked about karma in your not necessarily belief in that, but I mean, I, I've always thought that things are going to happen the way that things are supposed to happen, um, yeah. uh, whether that's karma or whatever it is. Um, yeah. With that, it does make me think, uh, as I see that we're almost out of time for this segment, yesterday, the world, in addition to some dress that people were looking at, but the world was fascinated by a llama escape in Arizona. Huh. Have any of your critters ever, you know, wandered off? Yes, they have, actually. Um, 
I probably shouldn't admit to this, but, you know, I'm human and I do. We had a tortoise, um, and um, he was a spurred African tortoise. He's a beautiful guy. And I put him in the pasture with my fainting goats because there's a lot of space, and I thought he would get along great with them. And I have a very strong fence, but this sucker bored underneath the fence. He dug underneath it. This bird African tortoises can dig like crazy. And he dug a, a hole underneath it and disappeared. And I, li- I live on about almost 1,500 acres out in, the, in, the, in the, the central part of the United States, in western Illinois. And we put a huge manhunt out, me and the kids, and we went over hundreds and hundreds of acres looking for him, and we weren't able to find him. And that sucker turned up about 20 miles away. <laughs> wow. How and, long and later? I mean, I'm thinking they not that can't long. move that fast. Like less than a week. Another, you know, I'm, you know, someone found him crossing a road. They thought he was a snapping turtle. And when he got out and looked at him, I mean, he's big. He was probably about 45, 50 pounds. And when they found him, um, they're like, well, there's only one person that has exotic animals around here. And so they brought him over to my office and they dropped him off at my Billy Bob office. And I got him back at I'm kind of feeling bad. Your tortoise traveled further in a week than I think I do. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> well, you know, hunger is a great motivator. I, I'll give you that. Wait until you see yeah. how far I go after this show to get some food for dinner tonight. That's absolutely yeah. going to happen. Jonah, well, I, I want to make sure that people know where to find you if they want to. What are all the different places on the internet and social media and all that stuff that they can go and hear more of some of your amazing stories and your motivational speaking? Well, it'd be wonderful. Um, you know, the best place to find me is just to Google me. Um, just Google my name and uh, find me that way. But, you know, I have my website is billybobproducts.com and, um, and I have, a, I have a, a lodge that I own in Illinois that I do seminars at. Um, that lodge is called White Tails, T-A-L-E-S, Lodge. Um, and you can, you know, send me a friend request on Facebook. I don't know how many more of them I can get, but I'm sure I can get some. And uh, you can befriend also. You can get a hold of me through Billy Bob Teeth, uh, the, their, web, uh, their website and also their Facebook one of the uh, folks, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but one of the folks who did get in contact with you is Miley Cyrus. You gave her a pig? <laughs> you know, Dan life's about stories. You know that? Um, you know, uh, Miley Cyrus, you know, Miley Cyrus' assistant called one of my distributors in Seattle, and they wanted to buy a couple cases of teeth because she had by Billy Bob Teeth when she was in high school um, at, uh, back in Nashville, and she loved Billy Bob Teeth, and she wants to wear them on her next tour. And so my, the, um, the distributor gave me the, the name and the email address of her assistant, and that's how it started. And, you know, I, you know not that this was a huge break in my life or anything, but I think that, you know, we all get big breaks in life, you know, and, but breaks are what we make of them, you know. And um, so I'm like, oh, this is really cool. So I contacted the guy directly, and, and through my speakings with him, I became friends with Miley, and then um, I, you know, m- one of my sales girls in the office, she follows Miley on Facebook, and she says to me one day last year, oh my God, a coyote just ate one of Miley Cyrus's miniature dogs, 
and she's heartbroken. And so I sent an email. We had just had a litter of baby potbelly pigs. We have we raised potbelly pigs, and I sent to her assistant a picture of a litter of these baby pigs, and we they make incredible house pets, and we we actually have a pig living in our house right now, and uh, as, uh, along with probably about thirty other animals. And so um, I sent to this guy, uh, his name's Adam, I sent him pictures of these pigs, and I said, I have the next pet for Miley, and it is a potbelly pig. And it will be the best pet she ever has in her life, I assure you, as sure as I sell Billy Bob teeth, she, this will be the best pet she ever has. And he, he, you know, he later told me when I was talking with him in St. Louis, he's like, I would have bet my paycheck for six months. There's no way Miley's going to take a pig from you. But anyway, long story short, um, she took a pig and we delivered it to one of her concerts in St. Louis. And I've, we've become great friends with Miley, you know, my whole family and I have hung out with her. And, you know, she's not what people think she is. You know, she's a she's just a country girl from Nashville, Tennessee. She's deep down. She's not this big Los Angeles Hollywood star. She's a, deep down. She's a country girl. And that pig, I think, brings her back to you know, her roots and where she came from. And, you know, if you look on Facebook or, you know, follow her on Twitter or whatever, you'll see she, she loves her pig. That makes me almost, almost want to get a pig or, I don't know, I, I saw some of the things, you have possums and all sorts of other things. But outside of that, before I run out and get anything, Jonah White, I want to thank you so much for taking some time out to chat with me, to uh, give some really good advice to people who are listening and, you know, uh, laugh with me a, a little bit. I, but I thank you for the opportunity, Dan. I, this is a wonderful opportunity for me. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, my mom is going to be here. Stay tuned. Crow Call will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who's slept with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now, let's get back to more of this week's Crow Call.
In case you have been living in a cave, sorry, Jonah, but had to, you probably know, sorry, (laughs) they amused me slightly, you probably have heard that I am going to Disney World, and with me, I have a special guest who is also going with me, and it's going to be her first time ever on a plane. I'm kind of excited. It should be a good time. Uh, There'll be peanuts and popcorn and all sorts of other things. It's my mom. Mom. Yes. You are you ready for this? Are you? Are, I mean, what's going through your mind? First of all, we're going on vacation. That's kind of fun. Yes, and it's nice and warm. It'll be nice and warm. I want to get out of this cold. Um, yeah, it's as I mentioned earlier. It's been really cold here. So, what are you most looking forward to? I, I haven't been to Disney World in since 1985. So it's been a long time since I've been there. You've never been there. What are you expecting? What are some of the things that you're looking forward to? Oh, let's see. I'm anxious to see the safari, and I'd like to see the parade, the Hollywood parade. I'm just excited to go see everything. Okay. Well, one of the folks who has been giving us some behind-the-scenes ideas and things to do and all that other fun stuff for Disney World is a friend to the show, Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back to Crawl Call. Thanks for having me. Um, I have to say, I don't know how the heck I'm supposed to compete with Jonah. I mean, I haven't lived in a cave. I don't have a rescue bear. I don't have a timber. The closest thing I have is Charlie, who sometimes growls like a bear. But how the heck is anyone supposed to follow that up? That was a great interview. I really enjoyed that. Well, I was concerned when he said, you know, I'm reading up on him, and he has a black bear named Nibbles, and I'm thinking, you know, Nibbles got that name because uh, he lost, somebody lost a finger or an ear. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was my concern. Apparently, you know, I I was worried for nothing. And that was at the point where you said, okay, this is not going to be an in-studio guest. (laughs) (laughs) At all. There would be nothing at all. There would be no uh, animals. And uh, it's great. We could have had more time. But uh, like I was saying, he has a possum that lives in the house. He calls it house possum. That scares me slightly. Um, <laughs> got the bear. I was fascinated. I, I loved it. I thought that was just the coolest interview. I was so happy to be listening. The only thing that I don't think that he has, or at least that he admits to, is something that Disney World has two of, at least, that are very well known. And they're Mice, uh, Mickey and Minnie. Uh, and he may, I mean, he probably feeds mice to his, his timber wolves. I don't know. So anyway, my mom's here. You're here. Let's talk because you have the best damn Disney advice ever or something that you're calling it. Why do you have such good advice? Well, you know, I just posted something on the site on crowcall.com. Um, with the worst picture ever, but it was I was in a hurry and I had to find a picture, so I put it up. Um, it's a picture of me with Jasmine and Aladdin, <laughs> and um, I that's I will be changing that picture. So if you Not before I Photoshop seeing, it, right, right, go look at it now. If you want to see it? Cause it's going to change after the show. Um, but you know, I I have been to Disney twice in the last couple of months. I went in November with my household and, like, 12 other people, and it was sort of a hectic trip, and it was filled with, like, rushing around and trying to see everything, and we had the kids with us, and they had everything they wanted to see. And then just, like, five or six weeks later, I was going with my parents, and I honestly, you know, did not want to go. And it had nothing to do with going with my parents. I love my parents very much. It, it was just, I was still recovering from the last trip. 
And in talking to my parents, we sort of said, you know, we're getting a little older. I mean, I'm, I also will be having a birthday next week, and, and I, um, I'm, I'm, I'll be 51 years old. I don't care. Um, you know, and so that gives you an idea of how old my parents would be. We said, this is going to be a different trip than what we usually take. It's going to be slower. We're going to relax. We're not going to run around and try and see everything. And we all said that, but I know that all three of us in our heads were like, yeah, right, because we've said that before and it doesn't happen. We run around and we try and see everything. Well, on this trip, we didn't. We, we really, we would get up in the morning and we would go to the parks and we'd do stuff, but then in the afternoons, we would relax and we'd take naps and I'd go to the pool bar and we'd have nice, you know, long dinners. And at the end of the week, Yes, we probably could have put together a list of things that we didn't get to do, you know, attractions we didn't get to do, rides we didn't get on. Um, I, I wanted to go over and see the new Polynesian lobby at the Polynesian Resort, and I didn't get over there. But all three of us said it at the time when we left and have said it repeatedly in the week since that it was the best trip we had ever taken because we didn't let ourselves feel pressured. We didn't let ourselves freak out if we didn't get on a certain ride or if we didn't, you know, didn't do something that we had originally really thought we were going to do or planned to do. Instead, we just, we enjoyed not only each other, but we enjoyed the parks. And when I say enjoyed the parks, I mean we didn't worry so much about getting on rides. We actually explored the parks, you know. If there was, we saw things that, I've been to Disney probably I would have to say at least 40 or 50 times. And I saw things that I've never seen before that have been there for years, but I just never, you know, stopped and slowed down and enjoyed it. And so the best Let's... advice I can give anybody is to just not give in to that pressure to run around and see everything and instead to sort of, yes, you need to go in and have some kind of a plan because Disney will kill you if you don't. It's, it's daunting. <laughs> But at the same time, allow yourself to relax and enjoy. Well, it's a good question when you say that and talk about going with your parents. I'm obviously going with my mom. Have you wondered at all why my mom has never been to Disney World before? Well, your mom's never been on a plane. Um, so, so I am. I'm kind of fascinated by this. This is like a well, big world experience. Let's try to find out why she has never been on a plane. Nana... Why yes. has my mother never been on a plane? She's never wanted to go on a plane for anything, even when she why was little. She... Why not? Um, I don't know. You... Well, you know, the parents are supposed to force children to do things that they don't want to do. Why didn't she just grab her kicking and screaming through the airport and, <laughs> and throw her on a plane and send her off to Guatemala? <laughs> that was my thought at times, believe me. <laughs> When she get in her one of her moods, one of her moods, her, kind of, her off somewhere. <laughs> what kind of moods does she get into? Well, when let's just oh. say oh. when she was naughty. Oh, where did you want to ship her to? Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so this is exciting, though. She's going on an airplane. Finally, it only took you know ten years or so because you're yeah, right. thirty. She's 10, and I'm 2. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Are you? What do you? So, what do you think? She's. What do you think? Uh, uh, and Richard will be back to you, and Mom will be back to you. Right now, it's about Nana for the moment. What do you think uh, is going to be the thing that she's most talks about when she comes back from Disney World? Oh, she'll be probably going to talk about everything about what she saw at the park. I'm sure. I can't. She, I can't wait to see. I, I, I'm waiting for the plane ride. I'm going to videotape it. We'll post it on YouTube. It'll be a lot of fun. You don't have YouTube, Good. so you don't know what that means. But we'll put it. It'll be. It'll be on the the internet. It'll be on the 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 picture box. It'll be. It'll be a, a, one of the talkies. Well, I don't know. We'll have something somewhere for her to see. Okay. Good. We need to get, get you a Twitter account. Well, thank you for calling in and giving your thoughts on all of this, Nana. And we will talk to you later after the show when we're going to get food. Okay, baby. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. So, Mom, now you have heard that your mother has wanted you to wanted to ship you off to places unknown. What? How does that make you feel? Hurt. <laughs> I never realized she was. <laughs> Now, now I, I know, know the truth. truth. Well, the good thing is, if you get power of attorney, you can ship her <laughs> off somewhere. <laughs> I just like that. <laughs> well, we can't ship anyone off until we go back and talk to Richard for a little bit. Richard, I'm sure you enjoyed sitting back and listening to all of that uh, merriment that was whatever that was. I feel like I'm in the audience of the Jerry Springer show. People are shipping people <laughs> other places, and I feel like at any moment there's going to be a power of attorney and a disownment, and this is better than Empire. Well, wait, I should have asked my Nana about her house possum. I'm sure she would have had some fun stories with that. Um, anyway, going back to Disney, the most important thing that I think that you were saying, though, is that you know, you don't have to feel pressured, although I do. I'm going to need you to talk me out of this. Feel pressured to see everything. I mean, I haven't been there in, in 30 years. My mom has never been there. There's sort of like this pressure in my head of we need to see everything because it'll be another 80 years before we go back. You can't. I mean, I mean, that is the quickest way to make sure that your vacation is a failure, to be honest, is to, feel, is to give in to that kind of pressure because, you know, there are so many things to see, so many things to do that, you know, that you're going to be there four days. There's, there's simply no way. I was there, you know, I was there for a week in January and a week in late November. And between those two trips, there were things that I didn't get to see, things I didn't get to do. I mean, when I was helping make your, you know, plans and itinerary and stuff, I had to sort of sit down and, and realize, okay, for example, you know, maybe there are restaurants that I would like you to go to that I think you would really enjoy, but you're just not going to be there long enough. You know, you're only going to be there four days, so that limits the options. That's the amazing thing is, first of all, for your mom, because this is going to be her first trip to Disney World, her first her first trip on a plane, stuff like that, everything is going to be cool. You know, like, she, when you, I, I have this image of one night, the, the night that you're going to be in the Magic Kingdom, I have this image of the two of you walking around and seeing the lights and the trees, and you're not even riding anything. You're just walking around looking at stuff and just being like, wow, this is amazing. Because people, people who've never been to Disney World don't quite grasp it. They, they've been, maybe they've been to amusement parks. Maybe they've been to you know, Six Flags or, or other big theme parks or little theme parks or little amusement parks. And you think of Walt Disney World as basically an amusement park. And after you're there, you know, 
almost immediately when you arrive, when you check into your hotel, you start to realize, no, we're talking something completely different here. This is, this is an entirely encompassing experience. Every, you know, everything you look at is, is completely unique and stuff you've never seen anywhere. It's, 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 it's almost like visual and sensory overload. And so I think that you don't need to worry about seeing everything because everything you see is going to be fantastic. And what you don't see won't matter because you're going to have so many fantastic experiences to look back on. Or we can always make sure that we go back again and not take another 30 years. But before we do that, and we've got some other things to talk about, I want to see if my mom has any specific questions for you. Mom, is there anything you want to ask Richard? Uh. No, I'm just, you know, I'm just excited about going, and I just, I'll be happy to see what I do get to see. I, I won't be disappointed whatsoever. Well, well I'll tell you, one of the things you mentioned being excited about was the safari, and I have to tell you, that is so much fun. It's, it's, you are going to see so many animals and so up close and it's kind of cool how they keep them from actually you you don't see any barriers it's not like being at a zoo where there are cages it it looks like they could just walk right up and jump on the little vehicle with you and in some cases they could not any of the dangerous cases you know they're not going to let the hyena come up and lick you on the face or anything but but some of the animals actually do uh, are free ranging or free roaming and can like actually walk in front of the I have been I was telling Dan I've been on the safari where everything comes to a dead stop because an ostrich decides that it's going to sit in the middle of the road for 20 minutes and there's nothing they can do they don't you know they can't they they, they don't force them out of the way they let them stay there so yeah you're going to love it it's going to be so much fun well we are going to Get my mom and, and ship her off to watch some Disney specials while you and I talk a little bit of soaps. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Richard Sims. My mom will be hovering around somewhere. Stay tuned because Kroll Call will be right back. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. EverydaySoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who's slept with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now, let's get back to more of this week's Kroll Call. We are still chim-chim-chereeing here on this week's episode of Kroll Call. We talked about possums. We've talked about (laughs) ostriches. Now, we're going to talk about... I know. I I can't really say what I was going to say. But Richard Sims is back, the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine. Richard, kind of a lot of things that I want to get to in Soaps in the six minutes, seven minutes or so that we have. Let's start with the big one, one that came out a little bit more today. Victoria Rowell suing CBS, Sony. And outside of filing the lawsuit, um, she's still talking on Twitter. Do you think that that 
hurts her case? Do you think it helps? Do you think it doesn't make a difference? Just curious. Well, you know, it's, I don't really think it makes a huge amount of difference, to be honest, simply because she's, she's done it for so long that there's already a huge record. I guarantee you that, um, you know, probably long before this lawsuit was actually filed, someone at CBS was keeping, you know, was printing out all of those things and keeping them <laughs> for future reference. So I don't think, you know, unless she says something kind of new and more inflammatory, I don't think that it's, it's really going to make any difference in the case. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with this case because um, it's, it's something she's been very vocal about for a very long time, and CBS is sort of taking the approach of, uh, and, it, and it seems like me to the, to the kind of smart approach, they're sort of saying, well, you can say whatever you want, but you, we don't have to hire you if we don't want to hire you. That's it, what I it, can't figure out. Is that it's it, not it racial seems... discrimination not to hire someone you don't want to hire. Well, the, it's interesting because I'm not a lawyer. I don't even pretend to be a lawyer. But, uh, I mean, you heard last week we broadcast a little snippet of an interview I did with her back in 2010. So if nothing else, at least in the last five years, she has been extremely consistent in what she said. She hasn't changed. She hasn't you know, shifted, altered, or changed anything of, of, of what she's said. Um, that's not to say whether it, it's true or not. It's just that she, her story has been consistent. I agree. Um, and, and, and I think she raises really incredibly valid points about, you know, some of the behind the scenes structure, um, at, not only at, at the Young and the Restless and CBS, but, but really in television in general. And, you know, we just saw it in movies when you looked at the Oscar nominations and the, and the lack of diversity behind the, the Oscars. Uh, and I think on that level, she's making a great what, what seems like, you're right, I'm not a lawyer either, she's making what seems like a really great case. Where, where I get into a little bit of a gray area is, uh, you know, in listening to this and in reading through the, the, the statements and the, and the court papers, it, it reads a lot like saying, you know, as if I came to you and said, I wanted a job, and you said, well, I don't want to hire you, and I said, well, okay, clearly it's because I speak out on fat people and fat issues, and I am fat, and you're fattest. You know, that's, that's, you, you don't have to hire me for whatever reason you want. You don't have to hire me. Um, the world would I, implode if I, if I hired you. But to that, I want to mention true. something else that comes up is that, you know, while Victoria Rall is mentioning all of these things about daytime, if you look at primetime TV, we have Blackish, we have Empire, there's Fresh Off the Boat. I mean, there's a lot of diversity, at least now, uh, in primetime television is this another case where you know maybe primetime is just a little bit ahead of of daytime well i mean that's that's generally the case but at the same time let's not forget that the that probably one of the hottest stories on the young and the restless right now involves her uh, victoria rowell's uh on-screen ex-husband neil and hillary and devon who have been you know front and center for a while now, and certainly, like, if you watch today's episode, they, they, they are slaying it. They're doing great, great stuff. So, in a weird way, it feels like saying, well, yeah, you've got some diversity, but you don't have me, <laughs> you know? Um, but I do agree. I think that this is something that daytime has had problems with for a long time, and primetime as well. 
Um, and I'll, I'll be interested to see if daytime feels what I kind of call the empire effect. You know, uh, will, will the fact that this show is, is the first show in two decades to actually not, you know, to premiere to great numbers and then go higher and higher. It has literally for six weeks in a row grown each week. And that just simply does not happen. It's, it's the first show, like I said, in two decades to do that. So that's got to be, you know, causing at least some people to, at, at all of the networks, both daytime and primetime, to look and say, get me that. Because that's how television works. Television is very cyclical. You know, you want what the other, what the other people are succeeding with. And with ratings, you know, talking about Empire's ratings, uh, talk a little bit about sweeps and how soaps have wrapped up. The Bold and the Beautiful had its highest ratings uh, at the end of February for the, the highest ratings since 2007. The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, highest ratings in a year. Days of Our Lives was on the air. Um, <laughs> and that's good numbers what? for three of the four soaps. What was interesting about those numbers to me, what I took away from that was that the Bold and the Beautiful, Bold and the Beautiful went up, I believe, uh, I don't remember what the exact percentages was, but, but it was something like, what was it? I think it was about 10. I think, yeah, I was going to say, I think it was like 12% and the Young and the Russell's went up 7%. And what that said to me was the Young and the, the Bold and the Beautiful went up more without, you know, blowing anything up or shooting a plane out of the sky or having a building collapse. They just, with good soapy drama, had a bigger bump than did the show that was sort of like pulling out all the stops, you know, and, and I don't, I don't mind when shows do that kind of thing. I, I felt like with the young and the Russell's, it was a little bit of overkill, you know, like any one of those things would have been great, but to have all three of those plus the cabin mystery seemed like overkill yeah. is funny because they didn't really, overkill anybody. I mean, considering all these things happening, I mean, you would think that it was gloom and doom and everybody would be gone, but uh, I'm looking, we only have about a minute left. And frankly, frankly, I think they should have. I think if you're going to have, if you're going to have that many events, if you're going to have a fire, a plane crash, a, a, a building collapse, I mean, I think you should use that to get rid of a few characters because otherwise there seems to be no dramatic value to it. Now, I will say that the aftermath of it has been fantastic. I think, you know, the stuff with Jack and Victor, the stuff with what the heck's going on with Jack sleeping with Kelly and does he really think that he didn't do it and 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 the the all of a sudden Chelsea, Adam, Billy and and Sage are all living under the same roof and there's lots of and of course the stuff with Hillary Devon and Neil, lots of great fallout. All but, of these things and fallout that all sounds like some of the uh, songs that we're going to be talking about next week in our special Motown countdown of the greatest hits of Motown. That's coming up next week on Crawl Call, March 6, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can get more information at crawlcall.com. Richard, we only have about 30 seconds. Briefly, everybody knows this now, but where can they find you on the internet? Oh, heck, they can find me everywhere. So just, just like Jonah said, Google me. Uh, you know, how rude are you? Soaps in depth ABC, soaps in depth CBS, Facebook.com slash Trelpy, or ask Dan. He'll send you my way. <laughs> well, after I send a photo of you with 
the, the Disney photos that are on crawlcall.com oh. right now that oh. you're going to try to get rid of. Uh, hurry, everybody. Google it. Screen cap it. <laughs> send it to him on the Twitter machine before you get a chance. As I said, we are out of time for this week's show. I want to thank my guests this week. Jonah White, Richard Sims, my mom who was here. If you miss any part of today's show, you want to hear it again, go to crawlcall.com. You can listen there to any of the shows that we've done on demand at any time. It's completely free. You can also go to iTunes, search for Crawl Call, and you can download the shows and subscribe to it. They'll all deliver there every time there's a new episode. In the meantime, as I said, next week, March 6th, it is our special Motown episode with Patrice Covington and Jameson Scott. There are nine amazing songs that we'll be listening to and talking about and sharing some behind-the-scenes stories of Motown. Until then, I hope that you have a great week, everybody. Catch us next time right here on Crow Call. Thank you for listening, and have a great week. We're into high, we're into high.